0: The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health.
1: Well, welcome everyone. It's Dr. Ron Henningaki with the Real Health podcast here from uh, Reardon Clinic, and it's my good fortune today to once again have Mike Shaw, who's my medical assistant here, and he's been at the Reardon Clinic now five years. Five Mike? years. We just got yeah. here yesterday. How
2: time flies. I
1: know. Hey, today we've got a really neat topic. We're going to be introducing something that a lot of you already know about, namely. Vitamin D three K two, Mike. You, what, what, what's your basic understanding of vitamin D three K two?
2: Well, my basic understanding is that uh, vitamin D, you know, which can be synthesized through sunlight, UV light in the skin. Um, Is one is a vitamin, D2, but the body converts it with a steroid to a pro-hormone called D3, 25-hydroxy-D3. So in one respect, it is a vitamin that supports many essential things in the body, but the hormonal component really assists a lot of organ system function, harmony, inflammation. It does... It's kind of the gatekeeper that keeps everything on track and healthy.
1: And what's really interesting is that, you know, we're going to get to just how incredibly important it is. But look at what's happened in our modern world. We've all moved indoors. And so if this is a vitamin that we uh, need the sun to help us convert it to the activated state, aren't we running the danger of? not having enough vitamin D?
2: Well, I think there's lots of analysis out there that says a a large majority of the population is either low or deficient in D3. And in fact, here at the clinic, when we have new patients come in and we do baseline lab work, many times they're at the uh, bottom or in the deficiency category on the scale
1: yeah I like to see people at least over 35 or 40. that's to me the bare minimum and we have people coming in with sevens yes and uh, and especially if you if you've got uh, dark skin pigmentation and you're even if you're out in the sun you're not going to convert vitamin D or the uh, the precursor cholesterol into the vitamin D so you may even need more vitamin D than what the sun can give you.
2: And I think that's true because, for one thing, atmospheric changes, pollution, blocking UV light, getting down, and us getting enough time to have exposure to enough UV light to generate enough D3. I I don't know how you, in this day and age, that you get out of the thing if you want a good D3 level, if you don't supplement.
1: I I think that's the safe way to go, especially given the fact that uh, there are concerns about too much sunshine, and so uh, trying to work that all out can be tricky. To me, the best thing is once or twice a year, go in and get your vitamin D level checked. And so when you when you have a patient come in and you've advised this, uh, what sort of a target level are you shooting for? And what kind of dosing do you think they would need in order to get that target level?
2: Well, I usually at a minimum focus on achieving a, a blood level above 60. Mm-hmm. But I guess my bullseye target is to be at closer to the 80 mark. Yep. Uh, LabCorp and Quest, two largest labs in the world, their reference ranges are 30 to 100. I believe out here at Reardon, our reference range is 40 to 80, so I always try to target the 80.
1: Yeah, and uh, there's a there's a safety factor. You know, we, we do recommend vitamin D3 and vitamin K2 used together, so could you just tell me a little bit, why would vitamin K2 be a safety factor in terms of people taking these uh, otherwise larger doses of vitamin D?
2: Yeah, because vitamin D3 has a lot to do with uh, calcium regulation and bone support, and uh, K2 helps in the regulation of the amount of calcium that's, well, helping it get into bone and not letting it spread out to other areas like the arterial wall leading to stiffening and hardening of the artery or into cardiac muscle or skeletal muscle that doesn't allow them to perform as they normally would.
1: Right. Now, vitamin D is traditionally known to be a way of helping prevent rickets, you know, the bold leggedness that little boys used to get, you know, when they actually, it was prominent in the 1800s, 1900s in England, because there was so much smog and stuff in the air. That there was not enough uh, sunlight getting in, and so they they became uh, vitamin D deficient because of lack of sunshine. So it's really it's kind of an equivalent situation now, except just just people are just staying indoors. So uh, so rickets was the main thing that, and a lot of doctors that's what they think about is just preventing rickets. What are give me give me kind of a broad canvas sketch of what are some of the multiple benefits of having a good level of vitamin D, like in the 60 to 80 range, let's say?
2: Well, one is, is, is not just a deformity like rickets in infants, but also in adults, especially aging adults, osteomalacia or a decrease in density of bone that can lead to fracture or collapse of the vertebral column. Mm-hmm. Um, those are important still on the bone support, but uh, vitamin D3 as a pro-hormone virtually affects every organ system in the body. And enhances the way they they perform and function. It's uh, very strong on immune system support. It's very strong on reducing inflammatory response in the body, which is a driving force for disruption on on many fronts. So uh, D three covers a huge amount of base, bases.
1: Just uh, just recently, of course, we're 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 hopefully coming out of the pandemic uh, and COVID. Uh, there's a website uh, uh, that's called Vitamin D Wiki. It's like an encyclopedia of vitamin D research. And there are 125 different categories of health that it covers. It's very, it's very, And it's very easy to navigate. I've been surprised that COVID, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, two and a half years ago, there was no research on vitamin D and, and uh, COVID control. And now there are over 900 studies yes. in this in this area, so immune system is huge in terms of if you want to if you want to avoid not only COVID but the flu or other more chronic infectious problems, it looks like keeping a good vitamin D level helps a lot.
2: Well, in patients that we come in that have uh, unfortunately autoimmune disease dysfunction, hmm. vitamin D is a huge support in either slowing or regressing those disorders like rheumatoid arthritis and uh, Hashimoto's or thyroid dysfunctionality. Um,
1: yeah. And even the leaky gut, you know, they're, they're, they're yes. saying that uh, the it all goes back to leaky gut and your microbiome and vitamin D has the ability to regulate that area as well. And so, Hey, and your, your whole area is cardiovascular disease. You did, you spent many, many years in the, uh, in the area of cardiovascular, does it help out in terms of preventing heart attacks?
2: Well, I I think it definitely has a strong influence because uh, heart attacks, one, have to do with a lack of blood flow into the cardiac muscle. And D3 tends to maintain flexibility and elasticity of, of the arterial system. And it supports the cardiac muscle itself because a stiffened cardiac muscle doesn't pump blood like a flexible, relaxed cardiac.
0: There's a lot more to this conversation, and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's podcast is brought to you by BioCenter Laboratories. The BioCenter Laboratory provides state-of-the-art lab testing and diagnostic services for healthcare providers, laboratories, hospitals, and the general public. Lab tests available through BioCenter include a comprehensive list of vitamins, minerals, fatty acids, amino acids, hormones, and pyrroles. They also provide a variety of standardized tests for disease markers. These markers include cardiovascular disease, diabetes, thyroid dysfunction, hormone imbalance, and more. Visit biocenterlab.org to learn more.
1: Yeah. And back to the whole uh, calcium story here, you know, you can go in and get a calcium score where you get your heart scanned and you can find out how much calcium is in your arteries. If you're taking vitamin D3 and especially with the K2, K2, that's going to help you keep that excess calcium out of your arteries. And so you're going to maintain arterial flexibility and better blood flow.
2: And I think remembering that the combination of just not taking D3, but that it always to be coupled with vitamin K2 is, what a
1: team. Yeah, it basically makes it foolproof. Everyone's concerned, well, what if I get too much? What if I just accidentally get over 100 or something like that? We have been carefully <clears throat> monitoring our patients now for the last 10 years, looking at not only the vitamin D levels, but also at the serum calcium levels. And I can tell you categorically that in these last 10 years, I've never seen anyone, I've never seen it cause uh, hypercalcemia in our patients. Yes. So that's a big one. And speaking of calcium uh, that's in the wrong places, you know, uh, in women who are going in to have uh, mammograms in order to prevent breast cancer, what they're looking for, one of the things they're looking for is calcifications in the breast. So if, if you're taking your vitamin D, and your K2, you're gonna help keep those out. But there is just independent research on vitamin D alone as a major factor for reducing the growing incidence of breast cancer. It's now, I used to tell women that's one in eight, it's jumped to one in five women now are predicted to get breast cancer. And one of the key prevention steps that you can take is get your vitamin D level measured at least once a year. And you say, well, well, wait a minute, I I think I take enough. Well, don't think you take enough. Measure. You're always better off if you can measure and have that assurance that you're in that 60 to 80 range. If
2: you're going to institute a nutrient replacement program, the value of doing that is knowing that you are accomplishing something. And how do you know if you've accomplished this unless you look at what your blood levels of each of those nutrients that are important are?
1: Yeah, you can't manage what you don't measure. And so uh, Dr. Reardon was big on uh, using the laboratory as a way of uh, verifying that you really are in a a safe zone and a highly effective zone of, of vitamin D functioning. Wow, we've covered a big part of it. One of the areas that I think a lot of people aren't aware of is, you know, your dental health. You want to have strong teeth you want to pre- prevent periodontal disease so vitamin d is an inflammation regulator so uh so uh, keeping your your bones and your teeth healthy uh I have parkinson's disease you know a lot of your uh, uh chronic uh alzheimer's those types of things that's due to inflammation all throughout your body the mitochondrial functioning itself can be uh regulated by vitamin d uh functioning as well what about mental health does mental health does vitamin d play into that
2: well i know those studies have been done that um, it's kind of like how your mood is elevated when you're out in the sun ah and you know this correlation about in the sun and more d3 being Charged into your system, there. I think there's a lot of evidence that supports better mood and affect, and outlook, with better levels of D three. Exactly. Moving away, you know, in many respects, maybe we can deal with some of the depression issues without having to use antidepressants if people had therapeutic levels.
1: Of yeah. D three. You just reminded me. You know, people say they're in a dark mood. Yes and or you are the sunshine of my life well that says a whole lot right there in terms of how it affects people's mood and another big factor that affects mood is sleep and some of the most surprising new research is that if you take your vitamin d close to bedtime it can actually help you get a better night's sleep
2: and boy is that worth a lot
1: I hear so many people as a result of the pandemic and all the bad news and the disruption and chaos of work life and school life, they're, they're not sleeping very well. And, so, and, and I really don't like to use sleeping pills. There's, those are addictive. And so uh, use your vitamin D3, K2 close to bedtime and see if it helps you with your sleep.
2: Yeah, D3, it's a supercharger of the immune system. And uh, anything that's trying to invade us, if we have a better military force, less likely that we're going to be invaded. And a simple way to help support that is maintaining therapeutic levels of D3.
1: So I think really we've hit most of the key areas, though. As I mentioned, this uh, this vitamin D wiki website has 125 different conditions that uh, vitamin D can help people with. And there are links to all the research papers that verify that. So it's just not us talking like we're excited about something new. This has been around, but what we're seeing is that it, it it's a very important <clears throat> regulator. And just probably just to kind of close out the show today, uh, I was just in preparation for this, I was just looking how vitamin D regulates the uh, intracellular functioning of the uh, of, of, of our of our cells. So, genetically speaking, we are going to be better able to respond to adverse conditions within our lives: stress, infection, inflammation, cancerous activities, toxicity. All of this uh, can be uh, can be assisted. We can be assisted in preventing the dire consequences if we maintain good vitamin D levels. So I know Reardon Clinic, we're we're really known for all of our research on vitamin C, but my gosh, when you start talking about vitamin D, it's right up there with vitamin C.
2: It's a formidable formidable warrior in the defense against being invaded and uh, insult, whether it's viral, bacterial, autoimmune, inflammatory. um, And it's so simple.
1: It's so simple. It's one one a day. It's not expensive. It's safe, especially when you use it with vitamin K2. Anyone can go to their doctor and, and ask to get their level measured. Uh, it's something that you have control over on your own. And it's a it's a highly effective way to maintain real health. And I think with that, thank you, Mike, for really a stimulating discussion of how Uh, Vitamin D3, especially with K2, can be great for your overall health and well-being.
2: It's always enjoyable, and especially with such a dynamic, impressive topic.
1: You bet. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. We'll be back.
0: Thank you for listening to The Real Health Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit ReardonClinic.org, where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.